0: Hi campers, welcome to
1: Museum Camp. I'm Megan. I'm Madison. Hello, and thank you for joining us. We hope you're having a cozy November. Oh, We're yeah. here to tell, I'm going to use my NPR voice.
0: We are getting very NPR.
1: We're here to tell you about <laughs> weird things that have happened in history. That's right. And I'm going to kick it off
0: um, with a Wikipedia article. Okay. Um, here we go. Comedian is a 2019 artwork by Italian artist Maurizio Cattelan. Okay. Created in an edition of three, it appears as a fresh banana affixed to a wall with duct tape.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love
1: this
0: one. It's so good. Uh, as a work of conceptual art, it consists of a certificate of authenticity with detailed diagrams and instructions for its proper display. Two editions of the piece sold for $120,000 at Art Basel Miami Beach to significant media attention.
1: Oh, my God. That's so much money. It's so much money. Here's the thing. Obviously, I love art. I yeah. love art history. Great respect for it. You can't tell me that it's not entirely a ploy for money laundering. Yes, it is. I, I will not be convinced otherwise. no. Um, So from the background and description
0: section, Maurizio Catellan is an Italian artist known for his tongue-in-cheek art, such as his 2016 creation, America, a fully functional golden toilet. (laughs) Uh, That's a classic as well. (laughs) Uh, He previously used duct tape uh, suspension for a perfect day in 1999, fastening the art dealer Massimo Di
1: Carlo to a gallery wall. (laughs) so good so good that guy's like um this is not what i was told we were He's going to like, be doing hello i'm an art dealer
0: <laughs> <laughs> a comedian is a piece consisting of a fresh banana duct taped to a wall catellan purchased purchased the bananas at a miami grocery store for an estimated 30 cents i mean the roi is it's out of this world a- astounding <laughs> Uh, the work includes a certificate of authenticity, along with detailed instructions for its proper display, intended for its owner to use when displaying the work. Both the banana and the duct tape can be replaced as needed. Sure. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> the physical representation of Comedian is not the work itself. It was Catellen's first artwork for a fair uh, in over 15 years. The piece was compared to Andy Warhol's 1967 pop art fruit. Uh, Emmanuel Perrotin, the gallerist exhibiting the work, stated, Comedian is, quote, a symbol of global trade, a double entendre, as well as a classic device for humor. Hmm. Okay. Comedian created controversy. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> With some writers, such as Robin Pogribben, questioning if it was even art. The Guardian, I mean, everything's art. Everything is art. Exactly. If an artist put it somewhere, it's art. It's art. The Guardian called Comedian a questionably genius work. It calls to mind the old Lucille Bluth arrested development gag about rich people not knowing the price of a banana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I love that that's in there.
0: <laughs> Artnet wrote the piece was one of the worst of the week and that Catellen somehow duped a group of collectors into buying bananas duct taped to walls for, hun- for $120,000 a pop. Seriously. USA Today deadpanned, this piece of art is bananas, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love that. Newsweek called it, quote, humorous minimalist artwork, while Art News asked whether the piece was cynical or thrilling. CBS News reported, quote, it may be the most talked about artwork at this year's event. And Mm -hmm. I would say yes, because I could name another one from that one. Yeah, name another one. On December 13th, the New York Post uh, featured comedian on its cover, In his 2021 book, The Devil in the Gallery, Noah Charney stated, Comedian is neither beautiful nor does it exhibit skill, so it represents the Duchampian path. In his book, Beauty and the Banana. (laughs) Okay, love that. Author Brian C. Nixon stated, quote, to say the least, Comedian is a commentary on the wild world of contemporary art, communicating how culture understands, interprets, and engages with the arts. Hmm. So, um, <sighs> Removal. Oh, In the no. morning on Sunday, December 8th, 2019, Comedian was removed from the fair. The curators removed the piece because they were afraid other art would be damaged by queuing crowds. After the removal, the gallery released the following statement: "Comedian, with its simple composition, ultimately offered a complex reflection of ourselves. We would like to warmly thank all those who participated in this memorable adventure, as well as to our colleagues. We sincerely apologize to all visitors of the fair who today will not be able to participate in Comedian. Oh my God! Participate! Participate! <laughs> These people." Uh, After the removal, Periton created a social media account dedicated to the piece. One of the walls featuring the piece was later vandalized with the text, quote, Epstein didn't kill himself in lipstick, which was soon covered by the art fair. That's like
1: a very long sentence to write. Yeah. You know, like, wh- what was security doing when they were writing a full sentence? That's a long sentence. What are you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's Anyways, so that's good. it. A uh, blast from I the past. I love that one. So good. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad you took a silly route because I did not. Okay. Um, this is one that I was going to use during our spooky episodes. Okay. And it's not quite spooky, but it is pretty mysterious and kind of a downer. Is it about JFK? No. Oh. I know. I know. Um, this is the Wikipedia article for the disappearance of Frederick Valentik. Okay. Uh, Frederick Valentik was an Australian pilot who disappeared while on a 125 nautical mile training flight in a Cessna 182L light aircraft, Mm. you know, uh, registered VHDSJ. Is that like it's a license plate? Why would I need to know that? Yeah, we don't need to know any any of that. I think that I know this story though. Yeah it's good uh over well it's bad but it's good it's bad but it's good uh over bass Strait on the evening of saturday october 21st 1978 uh described as a quote flying saucer enthusiast Mm. 20 year old 20 years old is so much of a baby to be flying a plane yeah that's scary oh uh, 20-year-old Valentic informed M- Melbourne, Melbourne Air Traffic Control that he was being accompanied by an aircraft about 1,000 feet above him and that his engine had begun running roughly before mm. finally reporting, quote, it's not an aircraft. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, I found this after watching the Unsolved Mysteries new episode about the... Michigan, you're you're UFO getting into sightings. your aliens phase. I'm I'm entering my alien phase. <laughs> um, and then you know this was a similar article. I sure. Saw. There were belated reports of a UFO sighting in Australia on the night of the disappearance. However, the Associated Press reported that the Department of Transport was skeptical a UFO was behind Valentik's disappearance, Mm. and that some of their officials speculated that, quote, Valentik became disoriented and saw his own lights reflected in in the water or lights from a nearby island while flying upside down. Wow. Spooky. Um... Okay, so here's the history of Fr- Frederick himself, who, by the way, does not look like he's only 20. He looks, no. um, he looks like, like a, a full man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say, I don't know, mid-20s. He doesn't look like he is just barely not a teenager. Right. Agreed. Okay. Uh, so Frederick Valentich, uh, who was born June 9th, 1958, and disappeared October 21st 1978, uh, had about 150 total hours flying time, which is not that much. No. That's like four weeks of yeah. full time work. That's not that much. Uh, and held a four, a class four instrument rating, which authorized him to fly at night, but only, quote, in visual meteorological conditions. Hmm. He had twice applied to enlist in the Royal Australian Air Force, but was rejected because of the RAAF air training. Nope. Uh,. Mm-hmm. But was rejected because of inadequate educational qualifications. Sure, he was a member of the RAAF Air Training Corps, determined to have a career in aviation. Mm-hmm. Valentic was studying part time to become a commercial pilot, but had a poor achievement record, having twice failed all five commercial license examination subjects. Uh uh-huh. oh! And as recently as the month before his disappearance, had failed three more commercial license subjects.
0: He's just putting too much stuff about UFOs on there.
1: Yeah, they're, they're like, like you guys. read the room, yeah. read the room, bud. <laughs> he had been involved in flying incidents, for example, straying into a controlled zone in Sydney, for which he received a warning, and twice deliberately flying into a cloud. That uh, would be me if I were a pilot. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, cloud, you I'm going to fly points. right into you. Yeah, points for hitting a cloud. Yeah. Uh, for which prosecution was being considered. That's crazy. Oh, wow. According to his father... Uh, Guido, Guido, I don't know. Valentic was an ardent believer in UFOs and had been worried about being attacked by them. Here's the thing: <sighs> I feel like commercial airline pilot uh-huh. is a weird choice for someone who's uh, like an ardent believer in UFOs.
0: Yeah, well, especially if you're scared of them, stay on the ground. They, what are they gonna do?
1: Swoop down to the ground? Yeah, you're in their space when you're yeah. in the air. Yeah, that's their turf. That's their home that's their home that's their home
0: (laughs) you wouldn't like if you were scared of you know tigers you wouldn't be a a jungle person yeah
1: you wouldn't be a jungle person (laughs) perfect analogy flawless in every way yeah (laughs) Uh, the destination of Valentic's final flight was King Island which I initially read as King's Island the amusement park about 40 minutes from here love but King's you know. Island uh, but his motivation for the flight is unknown he told <laughs> flight officials that he was going to King Island to pick up some friends while he told others that he was going to pick up crayfish maybe Ooh. the crayfish were his friends it could be Could be. they're a delicious friend mm-hmm. later investigations found both stated reasons to be untrue Valentik had also failed to inform King Island Airport of his intention to land there, going against standard procedure. Wow. So So we went rogue. Shrouded in mystery. Okay. Uh, Valentik radioed Melbourne Flight Service at 7.06 p.m. to report that an unidentified aircraft was following him at 4,500 feet. He was told there was no known traffic at that level. Valentik said he could see a large unknown aircraft, which appeared to be illuminated by four bright landing lights. Mm. he was able to confirm its type but said it had passed about a thousand feet overhead and was moving at high speed Valentik then reported that the aircraft was approaching him from the east and uh, said the other pilot might be purposely toying with him Hmm. Valentik said the aircraft was "quote unquote" orbiting above him and that it had a shiny metal surface and a green light on it Valentik further reported that he was experiencing engine problems asked to identify the aircraft Valentik radioed Quote, it's not an aircraft. It's a dragon. It's a dragon. <laughs> His transmission was then interrupted by unidentified ad, unidentified noise described as, quote, metallic scraping sounds Ooh. before all contact was lost. Yeah. Ooh. Um, Scary. A sea and air search was undertaken that included ocean going ship traffic an RAAF Lockheed P3 Orion aircraft mm-hmm. plus eight civilian aircraft. The search encompassed over a thousand square miles. Search efforts ceased on October 25th, 1978 without result. Um, an investigation into Valentic's disappearance by the Australian Department of Transport was unable to determine the cause, but it was, quote, presumed fatal for yeah. Valentik, which is so sad. So such a sad and weird
0: that nothing was ever mm-hmm. found. Yeah.
1: Five years after Valentich's aircraft went missing, an engine cowl flap was found, oh, actually, washed ashore on Flinders Island. Okay. Five years later. It's crazy. In 1983, the Bureau of Air Safety Investigation asked the Royal Australian Navy Research Laboratory about the likelihood that the cowl flap might have traveled to its ultimate position from the region where the aircraft disappeared. The bureau noted that, quote, the part has been identified as having come from a Cessna 182 aircraft between a certain range of serial numbers, which included Valentix aircraft. Mm. So, so could have been. That's as close as they're gonna get. Wow. Okay. So proposed explanations. Mm-hmm. It has been proposed that Valentic staged his own disappearance, which honestly, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. When he's talking about, or when it talks about how there's. Two different stories that were both false that he, he told different people.
0: Yeah, if he's being mysterious about like what he's even doing, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, even taking into account a trip of between thirty and forty-five minutes to Cape Otway, the single-engine Cessna 182 still had enough fuel to fly eight hundred kilometers, five hundred miles. Hmm. Despite ideal conditions, at no time was the aircraft plotted on radar, casting doubts as to whether it was ever near Cape Otway. And Melbourne police received reports of a light aircraft making a mysterious landing not far from Kate Otway, Cape, Op- Cape Otway <laughs> at the same time as Valentik's disappearance. Wow. Spooky. Oof. Another proposed explanation is that Valentik became disoriented and was flying upside down. If this were the case, the lights he thought he saw would be his own aircraft's lights reflected in the water. Mm. He would then have crashed into the water. However, the model Cessna... Uh, Oh, the model Cessna he was pilot- piloting could not have flown inverted for long as it had a gravi- has a gravity feed fuel system, meaning that its engine would have cut out very quickly. Hmm. Um, there were, of course, um, proposed theories that it was on purpose that he did this. Sure. Um, however, interviews with doctors and colleagues who knew him virtually eliminated this possibility. A 2013 review of the radio transcripts and other data by astronomer and retired U.S. Air Force pilot John McGaha McGaha, and author Joe Nickel proposes that the inexperienced Valentic was deceived by the illusion of a tilted horizon for Mm -hmm. which he attempted to compensate and inadvertently put his aircraft into a downward so-called graveyard spiral, Mm. Uh, which he initially mistook for simple orbiting of the aircraft. According to the authors, the G-forces of a tightening spiral would decrease fuel flow, resulting in the rough idling reported by Valentik. McGaha hmm. um, and Nickel also proposed that the apparently stationary overhead lights that Valentic reported were probably the planets Venus, Mars, and Mercury, Wow. along with the bright star and Taurus, which would have behaved in a way consistent with Valentic's description. That's crazy, though. Whoa. Well, and I don't know, that part, like, if he was like, oh, there's lights... You can tell when something is a light and not just a planet. Yeah. And he was like, it's shiny and metal. S- yeah. So... I
0: don't know. I I like the theory of him trying to fake a disappearance. Yeah. Yeah. I same. like
1: that. Um, UFO. ufologists Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. have speculated that extraterrestrials either destroyed valentic's aircraft or abducted him
0: sure one of the two yeah
1: asserting that some individuals reported seeing quote an erratically moving green light in the sky so other people saw it too
0: interesting
1: Mm -hmm. and that he was quote in a steep dive at the time ufologists believe these accounts are significant because of the green light mentioned in valentic's radio transmissions uh the group ground saucer watch unreal (laughs) uh based in where else phoenix arizona of course uh claims that photos taken by plumber roy manifold on the day of valentic's disappearance show a fast-moving object um how can you get the speed of it from a photo um exiting the water near cape otway lighthouse According to the UFO writer Jerome Clark, Ground Saucer Watch argued that they showed, quote, a bona fide unknown flying object of moderate dimensions apparently surrounded by a cloud-like vapor-slash-exhaust residue. Okay. Uh, End quote. Although the pictures were not clear enough to identify the object. Sure. And that is the whole article. Wow. But I agree. I think that he probably purposefully did it and honestly if you're like that vocal about believing in ufos yeah like maybe he was faking it maybe he doesn't really believe in ufos he was like but this will make this will get people off my back throw them off the track Mm -hmm. wow so interesting
0: love a good mystery i love i love an unsolved mystery
1: i I prefer a solved mystery yeah, Just, if I'm being know, real with you guys, yes. yeah,
0: I love a solved mystery. Yes. But
1: but with an unsolved
0: one, there's a chance that I might be the one to solve it.
1: And I plan to.
0: Yeah, yeah. I never have, but I
1: might. Might. I solved the mystery of where I put my keys the other day. There you go. They in my bag.
0: Wow, amazing. Thank you. Campers, thank you so much for joining us uh, for today's Immature History. We love you. We'll see you next
1: time. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.